It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. My name is Taylor Bowley and it's 7 o'clock and you are listening to Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up. They say that all good things must come to an end, but unfortunately, so must this season. This is Charlton Live. So, very good evening to you. We've made it. It's the last show of the season. Uh, My name is Louis Mendez, and uh, the last Charlton Live of the season here in the studio at Maritime Radio. Joining me is the grand old man of Charlton Live, the ex-convict, uh, <laughs> Terry Smith. How you doing, Tell? Evening. Yeah, I've just been let out for the day. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, Mr. Nathan Muller, how you doing, Nath? Yeah, living the dream. Living, living the, dream. the dream, as always. And the dream's come to its end at the end of the season. It's, yeah, it has, but we've got, oh, September onwards. I was going to say, just, just for the, yeah, the, the dream does roll over to the next season. I don't think I'll be living the dream in the summer, no. <laughs> when Charlie get back, I will be. Excellent stuff. And, and of course, Mr. Tom Wallin, how are you doing, Tom? All right, yeah, good. Yeah, how, how, how's the end of the season hit you? I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be glad when it's over. Yeah, yeah <laughs> hour and a half to go. <laughs> 
Uh, we've got a special guest in this evening uh, as well, Mr. Mark Newry, the Garmy head chef, a, a constant emailer to the show, one of our favourite, I'd say actually our favourite listener. Sorry to the rest of you. Uh, but Mark, I wonder Mark, why that would be. <laughs> is it because I bring food? Is it, is it because I'm currently sat here eating caviar for the first time in my life? <laughs> caviar in South London. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mark, you right? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Have yes. you in- enjoyed the season? You ha- I've enjoyed parts of it. I've yeah. enjoyed parts of it. Um, yeah. I think when we were bad, we were very bad, and when we were good, we, we were terrific. And yeah. You know, that's, that's what's been probably disappointing. Yeah. Having such a the inconsistencies yeah. of the season. I think that probably sums it up quite fairly for us this season. We've been arguably the most inconsistent side, and if you are the most inconsistent side, you will finish banging mid-table, and we're 13th, so 12th and 13th for the two most middling positions, so therefore we are the most inconsistent side. Do we get a trophy for that? I don't think so. No, mini league. We've probably yeah. just been edged for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have won the mini league. We are top of the bottom half. So there you go. Did we lose the draw league table? I think yeah, yeah, we yeah, So on tonight's Charlton Live, we're going to look back at today's uh, final. Uh, game of the season, a 3-0 victory over Swindon Town, already, already relegated Swindon Town, of course, uh, arguably even more important today was, was it Jackson's last game? It wasn't Jackson's last game, but it sort of was Jackson's last game, but, uh, but any any excuse to reminisce about Johnny Jackson's Charlton career, we're, we're, we're going to take that with both hands tonight. Uh, we're going to hear exclusively from Carl Robertson, who was in a interesting mood at full time, wasn't he? Wasn't he, Town? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the, you'll hear the interview hopefully uh, shortly. Um, it started off as most interviews do, and uh, and he seemed um, to, to, to reasonably positive uh, as as he does. But then uh, just at the end, it sort of turned off a little bit. I don't want to give too much away until you actually hear it. But yeah, mm. a little bit of a strange finish. Yeah, just a bit. And and the, the fact is that there was a strange finish to your interview, and there's a strange finish to the BBC interview as well, which just. It was just strange. I think we'll talk about that when we get to that. Uh, we're also going to, of course, you know, it's a chance to review the season. Uh, we're going to hear... Uh, we're also, as, as you guys love, we're going to have an end-of-season quiz as well. Now, back in the day, when I used to be on the other side of the table, I used to always win the quiz. Now I have to host the quiz, so it's a slightly... I, I still feel like I could win it if I had to. I think it's because you put all the people who had half a brain on your team. <laughs> I think that's probably it. And, and, and I ended up with all the tickos like me. Yeah. <laughs> Happened again this season. Yeah, exactly. Hang on, Tell. It's like tell, deja vu. I, 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 proud of it. I, I won the Christmas one, Tell. Yeah, let's... There's a multiple choice. We're going to end the show with an end-of-season compilation. We're going to look back at the highs and lows and the very many middles of, of this season. Uh it's the last show of the season. It's the last time uh, that you guys can have your say on how this campaign has gone. We want to know what you thought of this season, what you thought of the protests today. There's plenty of protests today we're going to talk about. How do you see things going forward? And you know, maybe even wait until you hear from Carl Robertson for that. But how do you see things going forward after, after the end of this season? Can you see any potential light at the tunnel, uh, at the end of the tunnel after, after this campaign? Let us know. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there. Uh, we really want to hear what your, your, your say is. Your final word on, on the end of this campaign is. Right. Um, unfortunately, um, due to uh, the Wi Fi at the Valley being rubbish, we haven't got, f- we haven't really got enough uh, highlights to, to, to make it worthwhile to actually put the whole lot in. So we won't hear the highlights, but we'll go straight into it. Terry, you, uh, you were sat there commentating on BBC, on, uh, on, on uh, CFC Player HD. Uh, yeah, and no, I couldn't be bothered to work today, so I just held my microphone up to you. And uh, so, uh, what, what, what did you think of today's game? 3 0 victory. It's, it's a nice way to end the season, really. It's a stroll, let's be honest. Um, I think, uh, and even though. I've got to say, even though it was a, a bit of a stroll, you could still see why we are where we are. Because 
at times we allowed Swindon to play around us. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that they were uh, really awful, um, then we could have been punished today by a better side, I think, because there were times, even though on the opposite side of that, there were times when we played some lovely football. Uh, and the three goals came all came about because of some lovely interplay between uh, between the players. But there were still times when you know a Swindon side got round us and in the back of us. And uh, uh, Declan Rado to save us once, and I think uh, some really poor finishing stopped Swindon from getting on the score sheet. So you know, it, it's I think it sort of summed our season up. There were some really good moments in there, but you could also see, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. that's why we're here. And a remarkable about amount of similarities between our last, our last two home games of the season, both against teams that are right down there. Obviously, Swindon gone down, Gillingham just about stayed up. Three 0 victories, um, chances for the other teams. It could, I mean, it could have gone either way, really. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those sort of end of season games where there was nothing to play for. You know, even when even when we scored, it was just a case of. Wee. It wasn't not like type. I love that noise. But you know, it was a case of you know, it was going through the motions, and it, it did feel like a game with like nothing to hang off. And like Tell said, like Swindon were, yeah, they were the worst side I've seen here by a country mile. Well, apart from Charlton against Oldham, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apart from Oldham, yeah. But that, like, I, I don't, I don't think I'll, Swindon offered anything. Um, but there were times where they sort of like Telsa, they they got behind us, and I was thinking, well, how is that possible considering how dominant we were and how we could be if we imposed ourselves properly? Um, but yeah, we, we went we went through the motions, had a couple of decent passages of play. Jada Silva again, who's absolutely amazing, which I I love him, I love him already. But um, <laughs> yeah, we just sort of went through the motions, and but it was nice to see Josh get a goal because he was a bit rusty and. Obviously, Ricky topping off his Player of the Year award, which was obviously going to happen. But um, yeah, it, it just seemed a bit—I don't know. We won three nil, but I wouldn't say it was a, a dominant performance. It's one of those things, Tom. I guess where the the, the victories at, throughout this season have always been tinged with a little bit. I mean, because any other season, you, you watch your last home game of the season, you win three nil, you come out of it buzzing. You know, it's like, that's mm. great. Let's, let's, let's enjoy the summer. Let's think about it next year. I mean, the process at the start of the game probably said a lot as well, but it's, it's it's just not quite the same these days, is it? No, it felt it felt very flat, and it's weird because I think am I right in saying the last two years we've had the winners of the league here on the final day in Burnley and Bournemouth, so mm. they've been big occasions, not for us. But other than that, my my memory of last games of the season is that we usually do quite well, and we mm. do. You know, we had the obviously the big win when we won League One. Even other seasons, we seem to do quite well here. I remember Jan getting a hat trick one one season. I think that was there was, last there was that season. time we beat Norwich as well when, yeah. when we'd already been relegated. We even so we always seem to do fine on the last day. But as you say, it just feels so flat because there's so much going on that's got nothing to do with what's happening on the pitch that it kind of just paled into insignificance. Like a couple of the goals, people around me didn't even stand up. There was just nothing. It was like, mm. let's get the game out of the way and finish this season off. Yeah. Now there was Mark. I mean, I'll bring you in on this point. There was one point in the in the game where every single person in that stadium rose to their feet and that was when we sort of bid farewell to Johnny Jackson but didn't bid farewell but as, as Carl explained to us uh, post-match this was his final game as just a player he's going to be a player coach next season but when you come down to, to the ground on the last day of the season you get a moment like that where you're paying homage to one of our favourite players of all time that, that, that was a really special moment for me well, I loved the fact that for about 15 minutes, they just played him behind Josh. Trying to get <laughs> a goal. And I'd said, you know, he's going to go off and then we're going to get a penalty. And then we're going to try and spike yeah. him back on. <laughs> that's what we're... 
You know, he was that close. Yeah, I mean that that moment sort of early in the second half where he went through and the goalkeeper saved it. I mean, that, I just had visions of that Chris Powell goal against Coventry, Coventry in, in in my mind, and that that just would have been the perfect ending to this season, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. There's there's another club in blue in West London who have lost their captain, and they say, you know, legend leader. And I'm thinking, well, no, because look at the kind of man he is. Mm. But look at ours, and that's like real apt for him because he yeah. has been a constant thing for the you know, for couple, last couple of seasons. He's he's driven the club on from the player side of things, whereas everything else has been going on. It seemed like he's that constant. So it depends how much we're going to miss not having him around every match squad. Mm. And, and the importance of what his new role is going to be a player coaching role. I mean. How much he's going to play next season? That's a that's a huge question, isn't it? But but as Mark just mentioned, the the aura he brings to the squad is so important. I think the checker trade might see him appear <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> checker but, trade don't deserve you. No, that's the truth. That's the truth for, uh, for sure. But no, I think um, you're right. I think there's a couple of things here that any players we bring in, you know, they need to to know about the club. They need to know what it what it takes uh, to be here. And I think at times that hasn't happened. So, I mean, assuming we bring in the right type of player from now, who knows? Um, only time will tell. Um, you need somebody like Johnny Jackson to, to to drag those players into the Charlton ethos, I suppose, or into the, into what this club's about. Um, and, you know, I think you'd be the first to admit that he probably hasn't been able to do that so much this season because the distance between those players uh, and, uh, and what we're about is too big uh, currently. Um, you see it, it flashes, but not enough. Um, so there's two things that have got to happen. One, of course, Johnny Jackson's here, and that's great, and he's, he's going to be part of the coaching setup and uh, and beyond, hopefully. But two, the players we've got to bring in have got to be of the type that um, that can buy into what he can tell them. I think as well, uh, like our reliance on him, even not just on the playing side of things, is so important at the moment. And I think what he needs to be able to do is bring, like Terry says, bring those players in feed that ethos through to them and try and find other people that can carry that on for him as well because hopefully he's going to be around the club for a long time to come and I think we all here would hope that one day he'll get a crack at being a manager here but we need those players on the pitch as well and his legs you know he can't do that anymore but he needs to be able to be the one to bring those other players through for me in, in terms of connection between the fans and, and the players as well I mean that's something there's, there's a chasm between especially last season, but it probably carries over to this season when you look at some of the incidents we had early on in the season, and just the fact that we haven't done very well this season. The fact that we, if it wasn't for Jackson and Solly, I mean, who maybe Ricky Holmes because of how well he's played, there, there, there really is no one else that's keeping the fans with the team, and that's that's so important at a club. I mean, if you if you look at any other season, if you ignore the the situation with the protests and stuff, if there's no love between the players and the squad then you've got you've got a football club that's got problems there and that's why you need players like Johnny Jackson to to try and keep that relationship going yeah I mean if you if we look at what we've been through in the last what two three years or whatever and you try and imagine that without a Chris Solly or a Johnny Jackson there I don't think we can even start to comprehend how how, how worse it would be because a lot of fans would you know, Solly and Jacko. Jacko's a captain. He, he's seen us win. You know, the league one with a record amount of points and stuff like that. It's something that we all, all of us fans, that hang on to, and it's a special bond that Jacko's had from this club. You know, he didn't come through the youth, but he's built this bond with all of us. And in a way, it was quite. 
like when he went off, like every single person when he went through on goal and he tried to score that goal, it was so disappointing that he didn't score. But like you said, it's not officially his last game, but everyone wanted him to score that goal because we knew how. I mean, the valley would have erupted if he scored that, wouldn't he? I think what it might be though um, is his last game as captain. Yeah, because you can't yeah. imagine he'd still be captain as mm. a player coach. No. Mm. Well, that's a that's a topic for later on in the show as to who will be the next captain. I'm sure we've got a few. He might not be here yet. A few, uh, well, a few in mind. Um, the the way the game started, obviously, I mean, there was there was uh, disruptions as well. It's about about two or three minutes in that the um, the referee had to stop play for a, a couple of minutes to, to sort out the, the balloons and stuff. But I mean, it's, it, time and time again, it's proven that that's not an issue for the players because they've often gone on to, to win games. But you know, as as far as the fans are now, if you look at the situation around the club. Uh, the Australian Football Consortium, the imaginatively named Australian F- Football Consortium, <laughs> they, they were linked with Coventry in the Coventry Telegraph today. So you have to say they're obviously looking at more than one club. So that was one potential light at the end, at the end of the tunnel that may have been well, taken away from us. But it, that story still opens the the, the, well, if, the if guessing both, that there might there might be something out there. Yeah, if both of those are true, they're definitely in a fire cell, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> if they're looking at Coventry as well, so. Um, they're, uh, they're obviously keen on trying to pick something up, perhaps a little bit on the cheap, because of the situation that uh, both clubs are in. I think you'd more likely get Coventry on the cheap than you would Charlton at the minute. Oh, yeah. Coventry's got an issue with their arena, don't they? they it's don't, not theirs. It's not theirs. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got an issue with everything. Yeah, they've got... Yeah, that'd be the thing. You know, yeah, definitely out there, say, What can we get? You know, the training mm. ground, the, the foreground, and the team. Mm. But that's going to cost serious money, and that, yeah. that's the point. I mean... It, you might get the point where uh, a consortium comes in. Yes, Coventry, they're out of the Rico Arena at the end of next season anyway. Then why don't we build one for twenty million down the road in a small stadium which can hold the, the, the amount of Coventry fans there are currently, and that's enough. Whereas uh, it's uh, the rumours are it's fifty million for us, which is um, which is serious money. So well, luckily enough, I was thrown a fifty million pound well, today. I've picked up a couple. I'm cashing it. <laughs> yeah, try to use it down the road to Denmark. <laughs> Try uh, to get a change from that <laughs> for free quid. <cream. laughs> <laughs> uh, so once the game got started, I mean, it didn't take us too long to get into our stride. I think I think we we, we scored a good goal though, McGuinness. I mean, if you are going to look at the end of this season and think about what could have been different with what we had, I mean, if you look at the the two players, our two top scorers uh, are Ricky Holmes and Josh McGuinness, and they've both missed reasonable amounts of time through injury. You just just wonder if it could have been a little bit different if they were both fit. Yeah, well, you look at uh, McGuinness got injured immediately after scoring that hat-trick, and, yeah. and he was on fire at the time. Mm. And, he, and I, I interviewed him here this afternoon after the game, and he, and he admitted himself, it knocked the wind out of his sails. It, he came, admitted he also came back too early from the injury, and it, uh, it caused him a, a problem elsewhere, I think he said in his calf. So um, he was rushed back too soon, and so he really hasn't hit the ground, hasn't hit his stride again, until the last couple of weeks. You could see it though, couldn't you? Yeah. Like he had four or five games where we said, just take him out the side because he was offering nothing. And then the last three or four games, he's looked so good again up there on his own, being able to hold up the ball, bring others into play, and doing everything that he was doing, you know, through December and early January. So he has been a massive loss. But again, we can't can't rely on one or two players like we have done this season and have done last season and the season before. And so that's why this summer's going to be so big. But we were saying how, how rusty he was looking. But we, so we had McGuinness. And Novak, who came back as like bit part players, so they never really mm. had a consistent run. Well, McGuinness got injured, and they were rushed back. But yeah. because we had no other alternative, we had to. We had yeah. we had to play, and we couldn't start with Hanlon and 
a home ground. Of course yeah. you couldn't. So, and I felt sorry for Josh because you could see he was struggling. Yeah. You could see he was rushed back too soon. It was interesting, like you say, Tim, that he admitted that he was rushed back too soon. Midway through the first half, we saw that, that disallowed goal for Jason Pierce. I mean, as, as as the ball came over there, I think I think I saw Pierce. He just sort of leaning on on the defender. I think it might have been done for. I think McGuinness was there was the one penalised. Just he, he sort yeah. of levered the, his man out of the way, and Pierce came in behind him. So I think that was um, right. That, that's how I saw it. It may be wrong, but mm. other than that, it, it wasn't the most exciting the first half in terms of football action. Obviously, we had the the, the delay with the balloons and one and the flashy flare thing, which I, I was trying to work out what on earth that's called. The flashing. It's called a flashy flare thing. Oh, 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 oh excellent! Yeah, flashy flare. Thing. I'm glad I guessed that correct. Uh, but then, but then we. Got got the second goal just before half time and a player that I, I'm actually tr- finding quite interesting now, Jake Forster Kasky now he's, he's one who came in you know when he was at Brighton big you know, he's a player that certainly had a lot of potential and he's coming to us I don't, has, has he hit the heights we're expecting yet has it taken mm. him a while you I, can see you can see there's glimpses mm. but it's a case of which he said in his interview last week you can tell he's got glimpses you can tell he's technically good but he needs to add goals to his game I think the potential is there. I just think it, it, it requires certain someone of getting the best out of him because he hasn't he hasn't done it so far at Brighton. Maybe mm. you know, but I think there's stuff there. But it needs someone to find the role in him and get the best out of him, and then build a team around him because you can tell he's technically good. I mean, I mean, Mark, the, the likes of Forster Cassie. I mean, when Carl was talking in January, you want to sign players who are young, who you can get on a contract, like properly sign them rather than loan them, and that is sort of the mould of what you want. And as a player with technical ability, so, so is it just a case of making sure we get the best out of him? Well, the thing is, I'm sat with a program in front of me and looking at the teams he's been in. We just haven't had a settled team, so sometimes you've got to play alongside someone for a couple of games to know how they're working. And he's played alongside. It seems to be every midfielder we've got at one time or another. So possibly if you put him in, where's his best role going to be? You know, to behind the front two because he's not going to be a holding midfield because he, he's too active. But then again, you know, are you going to put him alongside Crofts? Uh, hey. I really hope not. <laughs> or and or concert or Herabo. You know, they're all too little, too young in midfield. So I think he has to go into a settled team, but you've got to find out where his best position is, and I don't think you do yet. Hmm. But, uh, but the move that led to the goal was quite a nice move, really. And started off down the right-hand side, uh, where I think it was with Holmes, went over to the far side with Burn ball inside. Nice little finish. I mean, it's one of those players, it's a shame he's hitting his, his, former, his sort of run of confidence now with a couple of goals just towards the end of the campaign, really. Yeah, and I think, um, like Nave said, he's just one of those players that we haven't really seen enough from. Um, <clears throat> came in with a lot of hype, I think. You know, it's not that we thought he was world-class or anything like that, but... As you say, a young player, we've signed him up on a contract and it just hasn't really worked. But I don't know, I didn't think, I thought Swindon were terrible. So it's difficult really to put it into too much perspective because the opposition was so poor and it was and it was last day of the season, pressure was off. And as I say, we, we're used to doing this on the last game of the season. So. We wonder how Swindon would have been if they'd had to win to mm, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't think they'd have made the changes they, they no, made. No, no, no. I think it'd be interesting on Forster Cassie, if you think about Forster Cassie, if you hark back to... The first game he, he he played, where he was outstanding, he, he played. A, you know, he was he was great in that first game he played for us, and everybody was um, raving about him. Mm. And then Carl came out in the press conference afterwards and said, uh, "Yeah, just hold on." And I've said it to him; he's got to do that every yeah, week. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, <coughs> I remember thinking that answer was really yeah, weird so because we're, we're looking at a new signing. We've seen him yeah. play. One hundred percent of the games he played at that point was excellent. And he, Carl's kind of going, "Yeah, everybody calm down." Everybody calm down. He's got to be able to do that every week. So obviously, there's a reputation there that he can't do it every week or doesn't do it every week for 
whatever reason. Mm. So um, uh, maybe we have to hold back on the uh, on, on the enthusiasm because clearly there's an issue. Um, well, it, it might be injuries. Who knows? Or again, as as Mark said, he's got to play on a settled side before you can really tell. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we've got to half time now. Obviously, you, at the half time break, you take a. You, you, well, you try to, Charlton, try and take a little break from watching terrible football, but then you get the crossbar <laughs> challenge. <laughs> Charlton, haven't hit, we haven't hit the crossbar challenge all seasons. It's been rolled over for the entirety of the campaign, so that was... Uh, I'm going to enter it in about three years' time. It'll be worth a <laughs> fortune. <laughs> I reckon out of all the 23 home games, I reckon three of them have got it off the floor. <laughs> there, was, there was one got very close a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but she, she was the lady. I think the lady well, the probably had the best, best so one. Yeah. But that yeah. old geezer Dale, I think everyone I wanted really him to get it, didn't he? Yeah. I wanted him yeah. to get it so bad, but bless him, he couldn't lift himself off the ground. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's, there's a theory that obviously the prize money rolls over every week, so now on ten and a half grand. If we can hold it out long enough, then whoever wins we it can, can buy the club, club. club. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be all right. So at the start of the second half, I was I was showered with fifty million pounds worth of, uh, of fake money. Uh, but I mean, at the start of the second half, we got we, we got that third goal not 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 too long after. But did, uh, did that come after? Yeah, it did come after the chance for Jackson, didn't it? And I mean, if that had gone in, that would have that would have just been like, so, like as we mentioned earlier, up there with with a the Chris Powell moment. I mean, because you just will. I mean, Jackson's a hero, and you just will for something like that just to just to finish off the season on a high. Yeah, I think uh, he said it's like uh, he refused to look across to the bench because he's sure that they would have told him he shouldn't be that far up because he spent <laughs> he spent a good ten or fifteen minutes virtually beside Josh McGuinness, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> and he admitted that it seemed like some of the players were actually desperate to feed him mm. to, to get him to score. Yeah, and then was uh, then there was uh, the third goal um, again. A nice it, this is sort of a weird finish. Actually, it was a lovely move Very again. Clever finish, I thought. But, yeah, is is. The the finesse on it, it was it, it seemed to take forever to curl around the goalkeeper along along the ground and just sneaking it at the far post. But I mean, just desserts for Ricky Holmes. He's he's, he's got his man of the, the he's, he's man of the season, player of the season uh, award just just before the game. And I mean, he, he's I don't think you can question whether he deserved that, can you? No, you worry where we'd be without him as well. And as I say, we've been too over reliant yet again on one or two players, and he's the pinnacle of that. Without his goals, we we'd probably be down to be honest he's just he's been a breath of fresh air he's so exciting to watch down the wing and especially when we lost Lookman in January he's just kind of stepped up and and taken that mantle on to be that attacking creative player for us um I desperately hope he stays for next year I don't know how easy it's going to be to keep him um but yeah it was a as you say a bit of an unusual finish and not one of his 30 yarders that we're used to seeing but just as important and and just as you say puts the icing on the cake for him after what would have been a, a really good day it wasn't much that really happened after was there in, ter- in terms of on the pitch I was just looking through my tweets there's nothing in there really um, <laughs> it, it was just it's just a bit of a stroll to the end of the season no, after Grant that. came on and put himself around mm. yeah, yeah. Had a very nice one at the end I'm not his biggest fan no, me but either, I, I yeah. just think to myself you know I can't see I think he needs at least a season playing Regular. constantly yeah. even if it's league two Mm. I think he should be loaned out. I mean, yeah. he, he scores yeah. regularly in the under twenty threes, and so there's there's something there. And we know there is because when he first appeared, you thought, "Oh, yeah. hello," and then he was ruined mm. <laughs> by by uh, surprise, by being surprise. overplayed. And you're right. I think uh, Mark, I think he does need a, like a season on loan somewhere. Yeah, uh, to we get had some the s- debut of Aaron Barnes as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a fair, he's, a um, positive. He's a he's a player. His dad follows me on Twitter. as a lot to play. <laughs> 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 is, that, <laughs> is that a group of yeah, yeah. <laughs> players <laughs> whose dads follow you on Twitter? Follow Mr. Mendes. 
But, you know, I mean, Carl did talk about a couple of weeks ago about how he was willing to start blooding youngsters towards the end of the campaign. And, we, and we've seen, like we say, Kag, and I agree with Mark, I'm not his biggest fan either, to be honest. Um, I, I, I think he's failed to really grasp his opportunities when he's coming, in my opinion. But Aaron Barnes is one we haven't really seen yet, and that's that's a player that is something to look forward Comes to. Comes with um, a, a quite a high yeah. um, recommendation from the from from the academy setup, and people are raving about uh, Aaron Barnes as being one of our next mm. um, players to come through. And it's not exactly out of the uh, out of the ordinary for a, for a young player to all of a sudden next season find himself with the first name on the team sheet here as well. So he, he might be involved a lot more. Next well, it is one of the key reasons why we, I think why we do so well in the academy because um, we've had, we've got a history of of playing if you know if they're good enough they're old enough type uh, strategy. Um, now, sadly, in the last couple of years, it's, we sell them on uh, before they um, mm. before they realise. Some decent stuff with us, and let's hope that changes. Mm. Uh, right, I think it's about time we're, we're going to head in towards the Carl Robinson interview now, his final uh, exclusive interview with Charlton Live of the season. Just before that, Charlton Exile is Carl Robinson's biggest fan. <laughs> 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 it says, uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to the Carl Robinson interview. Brackets not. Uh, but please, where do we go from here? Something has to change. So after we after we hear from Carl, we'll talk about what Carl said. We'll also talk about the protests in a bit more detail today. We've got a couple of tweets about that. Uh, Billy Hendricks has sent in a good tweet as well about when, I, when I've asked people no, it's to not, he's, just, he's just singing Rod Stewart songs <laughs> is, is that someone else <laughs> is that a, peep, a joke for no Billy Hendricks that is just Rod Stewart song oh right he's put, put his tweet how you oh yeah it is is it yeah I would have read that I would have read that without noticing that talk about it that one yeah karaoke provided by Nathan excellent right let's hear from Carl Robinson who came in to talk to us after the after the 3-0 win over Swindon today Joined by Carl Robinson in the studio after an emphatic 3-0 victory over Swindon. And uh, you, you add that game to, 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 the, to the season, to the time you've been here, Carl. And uh, have you got a, a way of summing it up? Uh, yeah. yeah. We're on the right road. <laughs> We've still got to work hard on certain rotations and fluidity and, and flexibility within our movement patterns. But and I'm more of an aggressive nature and out of possession stuff I'm more of a ruthless mentality in the final third because once again today for all our dominance we could have gone clear and put that way out of sight and if we were going to win leagues and be successful you've got to be willing to score three and four goals at home there'll be the odd game you've got to nick one nil and we're all biting our fingernails but certain games you've got to put to bed very quickly and, and there were two players in the crowd here today hopefully we're trying to get done hopefully the, they've enjoyed the experience and uh, I've certainly seen Charlton in its light anyway, <laughs> completely, and hopefully they'll, uh, but we've still worked very hard on contractual things and so many different ventures that we're just, it's going to be a long, long road. Yeah, I suspect <coughs> when a lot of people are looking at uh, today's game and, they, you know, it's been a, a disappointing season, of course, yeah. everybody's going to, uh, it's clear to see, uh, and then everybody will be going, oh, looking forward to the break. I suspect um, that you're probably not having a break, you're uh, you're right on it straight away. No, I know, I'm going to spend a bit of time now um, watching my family and I'm in every day for the next two or three days, two or three, three weeks, sorry, except for Keith Peacock's golf day, which you, you can never turn that down because Keith gets upset with you. So <laughs> um, but other than Keith's golf day, I'll be in most days at meetings, agents, meeting new players, um, watching the training ground take shape as well. I don't know if people have seen it. It, it looks amazing. Uh, the pitch is going to be phenomenal. The, the community centre on the back of the, the Spires Lane, it equally looks sensational. I've just seen diggers in there and starting to really grow some momentum in some ways and hopefully I can be part of the, the, the rebuilding process 
And uh, <clears throat> next season, therefore, I'm, I'm assuming you've got targets. You've got uh, you've got players. You say this to already here today. Others uh, that I'm sure you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, makes next season with uh, we, what you've just described uh, quite a big um, a big season. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. You can never get away from what's going on either. But we we've got to solely focus on what our job is, and that's being professional and doing our job to the best of our ability for the fans um, and working for the club. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an exciting time. Hopefully, we can really move forward as a group. And I apologise, I've got to ask you, I'm sure you've been asked it elsewhere, the, um, uh, the, everything that's surrounding the club yeah. at the moment, there's uncertainty from the fans' point of view at least. Yeah. Have you got a sense of certainty as to, as to what you're doing now for, uh, uh, for the months ahead? Um, uh, listen, yeah. I've got a plan as if I'm going to bring the players in to move forward. Um, I'll sit down about myself with the club and I'll see what direction everyone wants to go in. And that's the most important thing is that I want to be here and be successful, and that's the be all and end all, really. Not just in this, just to be a number. I don't mean that to sound rude or disrespectful. I want to be successful. I love winning. I love winning, and I work my hardest to to try and manufacture that. And I love when players manufacture and work their socks off and give everything they can towards a victory. It's no greater feeling in life. You see, I know a different sort of sport, but you see Anthony Joshua that last night pushed to a wall that not many men actually get to a wall where you question yourself and how far can you actually go and when you dig so much deeper and find an element in you that has not been seen before and you still come out victorious it means so much more and as, as a human you should always push yourself to the limits physically, mentally to, to really challenge yourself otherwise you've wasted your life um, and a challenge is, should always be accepted and, and I really want to be successful and I know sort of players do want to be here so I think that's my message is let's have a go let's, let's do what we got to do because I can't, I can't hang around the table it's not to play for and it's not what we are made for certainly not what Charlton Athletic would have ready to do either well it's good news to hear of course and uh, if you can enjoy the break please do that's right uh, thanks from, get better. From, from, from our point of view thanks for coming in and, and doing these well, it's been a pleasure I just hope that everybody really sees the direction and, the, and maybe the ships maybe the brakes are firmly on now now it's about restarting them engines and moving forward um, but the, the, the financial support and the and the, the recruitment element and left to, to us to get that right um, and building a team that is psychologically strong and physically willing to go to wars like we just said before and I want to thank everyone for the support the constant support we were going to go and do a lap of appreciation at the end but was, obviously um, I was going to kick the ball out to let them have a game of 20 v 20 to see who really won um, but I want to thank everyone for the support and hopefully today is giving a little bit of glimmer of hope and what we expect in the future listen we know Swindon are miles off with the team they play today so we can't get carried away with that but certainly the way we did it and the uh, the work ethic was certainly there well congratulations on the win cheers mate thank you finish. enjoy your summer top man thank you Going on a run, Holmes. Holmes still on the ball, heading towards the corner of the penalty area. Gets the ball in the box. Novak with the header! It's a goal! Oh, what a goal! Lee Novak with a superb glancing header from a magnificent Holmes cross. Puts Charlton in the lead.
the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio. Great. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Charlton Live. <laughs> Always trying to fit that in towards the end of the season there. Well, that was an interesting interview with Carl Robertson, wasn't it? And now, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, see, now I, I came, so I hadn't, I hadn't spoken to Terry until we came into this studio about 25 minutes before the show this evening. But For my, a year. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 the first thing I said, I asked Terry was, how was Carl after the game? Because. We'd, I did a separate interview for, for radio, and, and it was it was fair, it was a fairly standard interview until we got right to the end. And then I said I, I sort of said to Carl, but he can't wait to get your teeth stuck into to your know, your job in the summer. And he just said, "Let's just get today over and see how it goes." And I thought that was a really weird non-committal answer. I tried to ask him a question after, just off the, off the record, and he, he walked away, he wouldn't answer my question. So now I'm thinking that just put something in my head. What the hell is going on? And then Terry, I hear your interview as well. And the seeds in your head as well. Well, only, I mean, he drifted out to uh, um, you know. Once I asked him about, would he have the? Uh, does he have the confidence to 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 have the next few months to to do the work that he's got to do? Um, and I, up to that point, and in previous interviews, it's always been, oh well, yes, planning, planning, planning. We're doing this. We're doing this. Um, and in that one, on this, on today's answer, he was very non-committal. But then, a good like, couple of minutes later, once once we start, he starts then going back to talking about the future etc so it was a, a very mixed bag and, yeah, it was, and left me wondering which bit's the real bit and I, and I had exactly the same it, there was a lot of you know with the, I started off our interview talking about Jacko because you know, it's Jacko and we were talking about hey, Jacko's going to be great for this club going forward all this sort of thing and then he was talking about how he hopes that the form we've shown over the last few games fans will see that see we're trying to build something see we're trying to get somewhere I mean after what happens has happened in both rounds. Now I'm thinking, is he sending that message to someone else other than the fans? Because is he trying to defend his job? Is he? Is, is does he think he might? I mean, it, it, just the way it, the way it panned out today just left more questions unanswered than, than it did answer some, in my opinion. I think the writing probably on the wall for him can might explain why Barker's gone and the other coach. O'Loughlin. Well, Simon Clark's gone. I've heard O'Loughlin's going as well. So uh, you know, he's probably told them, you know, get yourself sorted out because I'm going to be off as well because hmm. there's no guarantee if he goes somewhere that they'd say right you can bring everyone with you so mm. everyone for themselves you know that would be very quick to happen within a week so that, that could be if he yeah. knew something was up then maybe he's put the message out there that to would his make sense. yeah mm. um, I mean th- there's obviously qu- th- there's, there's two reasons why he could be shipped out of here and the first one is because we ain't won that many games underneath him and the other one is because there could be a takeover. So, do you want? Do you think he's got the? He's, he's been given the message somewhere from, from either one of those reasons. From from that from that interview, it seemed very frosty, um, and like you said, it was very non-committal. So, uh, but we spoke on Thursday about you know if if Barker was going because they knew something, then when, why wouldn't Robinson resign? But then you go back to well, if he doesn't resign, he's going to have to be pushed, which means he's going to get a payout. Isn't oh it? yeah, yeah, don't resign. So in this day and age, that's right? what I mean. So. I, I, on Thursday, on, th- <laughs> on, on Thursday, I thought Robbo was going to be here, but after hearing that, I'm starting to question if he actually is. Especially if Cole's going, Barker's going, and the, uh, Simon Clark's going. That's literally the, the main coaching setup that's going now. So, be interested to see how it pans Simon out. Clark going didn't surprise me as much. Um, as he's more, not- <clears throat> because he was already here when yeah, yeah. Cole Robinson came. The fact that. Um, Barker Robinson brought in Barker because Barker and Robinson worked together a lot over, over over the years, and then for him to be going before the NC does seem very strange to me. 
Um, whether or not that's because he said, well, look, I won't be here much longer, so you better find a job. I, I find that slightly more difficult yeah. to believe. But what I'm, well, you know, what I tend to believe is, is perhaps that uh, they've said, well, we're just not sure what's happening. If, if let's say there is um, um, teeth and, and meat on the bones to the rumour that there, there's interest in the club from outside and, and it may well be bought. <clears throat> if that's the case, then maybe they said, well, you know, we promised you this, this, and this, and this money-wise, and you can do this, this, and this. Well, actually, no, we can't because we don't know whether we'll still be owners of this club in three months' time. So if it's, hanging, o- if it's hanging over them and they're thinking of, of selling, then why on earth would Roland go out and spend £3 million on, on players this, this summer if, if he's almost straight away going to sell the club for the same value that it was before he sent that, that £3 million? Pounds? Well, if they're, free, I mean, if they're non-contract players, uh, and we think um, the two of the, out of the two of the players that were in the potentially in the stands, one of them almost certainly is out of contract. So it wouldn't cost a fee. Uh, and with loan players going back, in terms of um, how much it costs the club, it'd just be a similar wage bill, so it won't be, it won't have such an impact. Mm. So in that case, in that respect, if they're both non-contract players, it won't have such a, a financial uh, hit on the club, and so he won't have to spend any money. So it doesn't matter. I'm guessing. London in the Giza says Robertson going. Please, please make it so he's not. He's, he's certainly not his <laughs> biggest fan. And then Daryl uh, Daryl tweeted in during the interview saying Carl Robertson told Chot and Live that the much stalled uh, new training ground looks sensational. Uh, does he like big piles of soil? Oh. Uh, and we saw the video that the club put out during the week. I mean, there were some big piles. Yeah, I mean, they are some massive. I mean, they needed a drone to go up and film the, from on top of the piles. But I mean, they, they are some big, impressive piles of, uh, of, of soil. <laughs> That's a whole other show. That one. <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard that. You've heard that phrase before, haven't you? Tim? <laughs> uh, right, so Billy Hendrix, uh, just as, as we mentioned before, the, it turns out he's a, he's a singer, Rod Stewart, he's, in, Rod Stewart fan in his, part, in his, in his uh, spare time. Uh, I, asked, I asked people what they thought about the season, he said, I don't want to talk about it, how they broke my heart. If they stay here just a little bit longer, if they stay here, will they sell my club? Which is apparently a Ross Stewart song. Well, except for the very last bit about the cl- sell my yeah. club bit. I think he's improvised there. I mean, Cardiff got a little bit of money in their coffers. Do you think they can hire Ross Stewart to sing that for them? I think Rod Stewart would sing in front of a bus queue. <laughs> as long as someone pays. <laughs> uh, well, we talked about the protests as well. Now, we've got a couple of points. I'm going to go first onto an email, actually, from Chris Davin, who's our... Uh, only person who's emailed in so far this evening got more tweets and emails, on, which is unusual. So if you want to email in studio at, uh, was it studio at uk? Yeah, because Mark's here. So <laughs> email. Uh, you can tweet and everyone us. else is at a pub. Yeah, <laughs> or you can tweet us at Charlton Live if you want to have your say. Uh, especially if you heard anything in that Carl Robertson interview that me and Terry certainly feel like we heard today. Which just, just it's just planted a little seed in our in our head. Uh, but this is from Chris, Chris Davin, who tends to email in every week. And he emailed this at 3.30 this afternoon, so probably kind of been long after he got uh, home from the game. So very uh, grateful for that, Chris. says, so the season draws to a close with a decent performance in a freedom win, and Ronan and co. Uh, no nearer leaving. The end game protest was a bit of a non-event. All the boycotters who vowed to return for today's protest didn't bother. Says a lot that does, and, uh, and that's it. The pitch invasion at the end was more party time than anger, and there you have it. Uh, can't for the life of me work out why some pitch invaders hug Robinson at the end. What for finishing 13th, congratulating him on his success. Uh, his inflated ego must have grown even more uh, at those fans' gestures. I saw him do the punching his chest thing, love the club nonsense, ne- I nearly threw up. Uh, so all the all back at the Valley next season with nothing changed. You can't blame Card for the protest failures. They're doing their best. 
but may as well not bother and give the remaining funds uh, to a local hospice. Chucking things on the pitch and shouting at windows has had its day. No one's at fault, but a pointless waste of time and energy. And now money as well. And then we had another tweet, which was from John. He said, the protest failed to capitalise on the numbers initially gathered. Atmosphere in the West was largely flat, and uh, and there was no plan once they were in. It was a wasted opportunity. And what did you think about the... The protest. I'll ask you, Mark, actually, because uh, it'd be interesting to see from, from someone who hasn't been on the show as much this season. How, how do you feel about the protest? Do you, what did you think about today's protest? Um, well, we got here and everyone was blocking up the um, car park, which seemed to be an effective thing that like we'd been done before and was more effective. It's difficult to say how effective it is in the long run. I think he's more bothered when you go on his doorstep. I think the Belgian trips have much more effect on him than what happens here because it, it's no he's obviously had to fork out for stewards today and extra police and you know people did come along and, and get behind it but it did seem a little half not half-hearted because the people who are protesting it's a hundred percent but you know I, w- I was out there in the car park about a year ago and there was what four five thousand people and today you know it's considered eight hundred. Yeah, it's it's the numbers that I think are the hardest part to get because mm. I mean, last season we were all still like when we all bought season tickets at the start of last season, we were coming down and seeing a team that won the first couple of games. This this was a chance that we've, we'd finished mid table the league the season before ended quite well. We think we might go somewhere this year. So last season, a lot of people had season tickets. This year, n- not as many people have yeah. season tickets at all, and I think that the numbers probably affect what card to, can do. Really, I guess there's. Without the the numbers of support behind them, they're sort they're sort of you know what what can they do? I mean, I, I, I thought today's protest it, it got media attention. I mean, mm. I don't I don't tell like BBC London what to put on. I tell them what's happening, and if they want to talk about it, they do. And they came to me to to ask about everything, including the bit where they, they threw the money. I mean, there's still media interest for it, even though there wasn't as many fans taking part. I think uh, that email is pretty spot on in that it just seems a bit just a bit more flat. Um, and I think so my girlfriend came to the game today it's the first time she'd been when there was a protest and she was a bit like is, is this it like is this all that happens and, and it did it seemed quieter than the other ones have been um, I think there are less people here and I think people there was so much anger in the second half of last season especially and I think that anger we said we used the word apathy a lot last season and, and it's even more so now and people kind of just can't be bothered anymore Um I saw a lot of people criticising Card afterwards, and I, I think that's wrong because you know, they're not the only people that have to come up with these ideas. If people have got ideas, do it. And obviously, we we know people who are part of Card, and they've said it, it's hard to think of new ideas now. It's hard to think of ones that are going to be safe, are going to get people's attention, and be are, legal as well. Because yeah, I mean, if, be if legal. you're part of Card, you have to tell the you have to you have to be legal because you've put yeah. yourself out there. There's a huge amount of planning that has to go into them, and so I think they've gone back to things that they know are possibly going to work. They did, as you say, gain media attention. There were a lot of people in the ground who were, you know, the songs were louder, the banners were there, so it was different. It just wasn't quite as angry as it has been in the last few. I think what us. About ten minutes before the game started, where they did this is a customer announcement, mm. and <laughs> booed, I, think, I thought they were going to tell me there was a special on beans yeah. <laughs> or something. But when it was uh, you're a customer, I think we, I know it's a phrase they like to use, but to have someone say this is a customer announcement, stay off the pitch, don't throw things. It's a it's bit belittling, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it I mean, was. I mean, it's I've, just annoying. As I, well, I think yeah. what happened yesterday at Leighton Orient probably coloured the way they were thinking a fair bit because, I mean. 
probably unprofessionally, I'm going to fully throw my support behind what happened at Leighton Orient. And I think, mm. it, you know, things have absolutely reached the end of their tether there at, at that place. And I think what happened after, when the EFL lied, the, the English yeah. Football mm. League and whoever's in charge of doing the tannoy lied to the supporters. I thought it was an absolute disgrace, and I think obviously what they they were worried that similar was going to happen today. Charlton fans weren't going to weren't going to do that to the end of the game, but you, you know that's probably why they were they were giving all those announcements. But you know, I mean, is there any real issue with fans going on the pitch at the end of the season to have a, a peaceful <coughs> protest? In, in normal in normal um, the normal course of events, uh, we've had uh, pitch invasions at the end of seasons because it's something that fans just like to do, uh, and then they all drift off, and players come round and say uh, thank you for the support and clap, and uh, and that's what happens in uh, the normal end of season scenario. So, uh, if it's not illegal then, and nobody cares, quite why it's illegal just because on this occasion you might be coming on to say we don't like you very much mm. um, is the only difference, and. Mm. Uh, uh, the club want to obviously stamp their authority to say you can't do it. Now, that's their prerogative, of course. I thought they did it rather badly uh, today. I think um, it, it was uh, very poorly done. And the trouble with that is, by trying to stop people just physically coming onto the pitch, then you've got confrontation. Mm. Uh, and that happened a lot in the in the, um, the right hand, bottom right corner yeah. of the Covenant. A lot of confrontation, a lot of ugly scenes in terms of people being wrestled to the uh, to the floor. And I'm sure nobody was, uh, or I hope at least, nobody was injured so much in that. But it just attracts confrontation, which does nobody any good. It doesn't do the club any good because that just gives a bad impression. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Uh, and you saw at some po- at one point the police coming on and then drawing a li- uh, making a line across the centre circle. All they needed to do was that mm. a bit further up yeah. very quickly. And then the fans could still come on the pitch, still vent their anger, but it's controlled. Mm. And nobody's, uh, you know, every, everybody associated with the club must know that there are protests and there are people unhappy. To try and stop that is utterly pointless because that doesn't make people, people aren't going to come here and think, oh, they don't like it, I won't do it then. Mm-hmm. That's the point. <laughs> the point is because you don't like it is why they're going to do it. So let them do it because, let's face it, if you were doing, if everything was running properly, it wouldn't happen. So, if you want to stop it, don't hire fifty blokes the size of a toilet. Do it right. Do the job right. Get this club back where it belongs. Get it properly sorted, and you won't find that protest easy. It's interesting because I, I do want to talk about the late annoyance situation yesterday because I, I do feel like there's a lot of parallels with our one. But when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's just so bizarre that the EFL's, uh, re- EFL's way to deal with what happened yesterday was to license the supporters and just get the game off. on rather yeah. than worry about what's actually happening in their football club I mean EFL I mean 
Leighton Orient staff. I mean, this is, don't care. I I don't care about the Leighton Orient players. No offence. They they probably don't earn that much, but they earn more than we do in our normal day jobs. Leighton Orient staff, day to day staff, were not getting paid, and EFL didn't care. They didn't do anything about it apart from ask Leighton Orient to pay. Oh, please pay them. Mm. Didn't happen for a, a few weeks. They didn't. They they went out of their way to not care about sorting out those people who support a member club for. And if they didn't have twenty four member clubs in each league, yeah. then EFL wouldn't have a business. They didn't care about that. Yet, when that happened, they were really eager to make sure the last six minutes of a pointless game, if you saw the way that last six minutes was played out, they, they were really <laughs> eager to make sure that Leighton Orient went on the pitch and passed it amongst their back four for six minutes just to keep the integrity of the competition. The way that, the way that you fix these things surely is the way is you fix the way your clubs are managed. And the EFL, the Football League, and obviously the clubs themselves have to take some sort of that responsibility. That, that statement they put out the other day as well, which said... Uh, our fit and proper person's test looks at them coming in but can't tell them what to do once they're in and can't control that we know what it is we know that that's what it does but it shouldn't the point is that that's not good enough because look what's happening to all the clubs so you can't just go oh that, that's how it is you're the people in charge you can change these things don't just say well that's how it is do something about it change it make it better because look at as you say how can a club like Leighton Orient be where they are now how is that fair how is it fair for Coventry and I also think maybe that that has a slight bearing on our protests as well because there's so many clubs now in, in states like that that maybe some people are thinking, do you know what, ours isn't as bad as that. Mm. I mean, you're, you're talking about an organisation which uh, if you were to make four changes to your side in a checker trade meaningless <laughs> cup competition, mm. you get fined heavily yeah. and criticised heavily, yet you can make ten changes in a crunch game in the English Championship, which affects about six yeah. clubs. You're talking about Birmingham Huddersfield. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, You can make ten changes and nobody bats an eyelid. Mm. Oh, I'm getting wound up again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's, that's yeah. the only thing they've quite cared about the whole season is this EFL check, check yourself, wreck yourself, whatever his trophy <laughs> is. Because... If you go to a Chelsea or Southampton under twenty three side, how much has that benefited their team? Absolutely nothing because it's a who's in the final. No disrespect, who's in the final? That it was Oxford and Coventry. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So it's not made any sort of relevance or no, you know, the bigger sides with the under twenty threes ain't really helped. They played a couple of games where you're playing League One opposition where they don't really care about it anyway. But that's what they're. There, you know, that's what they've achieved this season. Make, here, it was to bring through the, the impressive youngsters from the under twenty three Premier yeah. League sides. Those under twenty three Premier League sides that had sixty percent foreign players. In them. <laughs> yeah, for, for going against a team like Charlton, who, to be fair, no one gives a. Choose your words quietly. Gives a care about. Gives a care about. Admirable restraint. Yeah, no one gives a care about, and and that's that's. And that, but then they'll let, let people like. Yeah, we're similar to Leighton Orient, but Leighton Orient have just dropped out of football league. That's the difference between, you know, us and Leighton Orient. They've just dropped out from how many years when they were in a playoff final the other year. Now they're playing lights of Bromley. Know, mate, Bromley, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, we like Bromley, but you know, do you know what I mean? And that's the difference. But they don't really give two hoots about it. And that's yeah. the that's just another thing. one to come up, and they still get the yeah, uh, exactly. num- number yeah. of clubs in yeah. there. Uh, and it's all about what goes on in the boardroom. They don't really give a monkey's about anything. No, they, they don't. They couldn't care. That. We, we've we've taken this conversation onto the EFL. I wasn't really expecting to go this way, but <laughs> it's, it's how it's gone. But so now I will ask the question. I look at it from the other side. Now I've blamed the EFL, and I feel walking. But the question I have has to ask myself: What can they do? What can the EFL do if there's a business which is owned by someone else? Which I mean, they've allowed this business into their football league structure. 
if do they just turn around and kick him out if they don't play by the rules? But if they do that, then they're going to lose clubs. So what can the EFL do to make sure the clubs are run better? And this includes the likes of Leighton Orient, includes the likes of commentary, includes the likes of Blackburn, Blackpool, and obviously includes Charlton Athletic. Well, I think a few of the th- few things that because ultimately. Um, owners come into football for a variety of different reasons. I'm sure there are some that just come in thinking, I'll, uh, I'll make my money out of this, I'll loan them, I'll earn interest. I'm sure that happens. There are other uh, owners who come in thinking they can change the world and well, I'm going to have the best side on the planet because I'm going to do this, and that fails miserably. I think any owner that comes in, and the, the fit and proper thing um, shouldn't just stop when you're buying it it should be a, a, a long ongoing process so yeah. therefore if at the end of the season everything you've done doesn't work then there should be some form of saying well hold on um, you've uh, the club's just come from that position and now they're two divisions below all of a sudden so obviously what you're doing is wrong what are your plans what is your long term goal are you just going to sell the kids off um, asset strip mm. um what are your long-term goals? And if, if there's something physically in writing or recorded to say, I don't have any intention to sell the ground, I'm desperately trying to, it didn't go right, it's gone wrong, then it's, it's, it's physically in writing. If that then doesn't come true, if then they try to sell the ground, then there should be embargoes to be able to be put in place because they said that's categorically not what they said was going to happen. So, like, for example, when Coventry went back to Norica, there should have been, and mm. the Football League should have been part of it, to say... Right, they're coming back to the stadium. You can't just give them a five-year deal here. This is their ground. You know, it, this is historically where they should be playing. You've got to give them 100 years. No, no brainer. Just, they're, they're there for the, for the life, for the life of the club. Uh, not, we'll give you two years, see where you are, and then we might be able to chuck you out. What? what? That, 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 mm. How can the Football League stand by and watch that happen? Orient. They've got an owner who's <clears throat> put absolutely no money in, by the looks of it, and just allowing the team to be rubbish and constantly drop out of the club. That's you know nobody nobody would think that that's a good idea. Mm. So there's got to be embargoes in place. And so if this owner is just thinking, well, I'll just milk it dry and I don't really care, then they personally should be mm. um, fined. There should be things in place that absolutely personally fine the the, the the owners out of their pockets, not out of the debt to the club, out of their pockets to say we well, haven't done this right. A bit like Ofcom or, or whatever. And that should that should be a. a Clause of entry into the football league. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. We've wound ourselves up enough. Let's uh, let's have a little break. And I think after after we come back from this, we're going to have our end of season quiz. Always fun. Always enjoyable. Normally I win, but unfortunately I'm not playing this year. But we'll have our end of season You've got quiz. The answer. <laughs> in, 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 in thirty seconds. Eventually, manages to turn it. Falls to Tony Ward. Yeah! Strikes it into the far post. Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. I don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. (laughs) Charlton Live. Hey. Imagine, imagine thinking we'd go for the end of the season show without hearing that. We've just got to get him in just for him to do it live. Well, he's signed got, got another year of him, haven't we? Lucky yeah. us. So. From next time he comes into the no, early oh, next season, those three things today, early next please. season when he, when it's time for like a, an interview with Andrew Cross, we're gonna have to we're gonna be sitting there thinking, Andrew, what do you do when you need to find out the you know how much something weighs? You have to weigh it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
end of season quiz time. Uh, you guys are sat evenly in teams already, so we're going to have Tom and Mark versus Nathan and Terry. Now, <laughs> Terry, you've been to pretty much every game this season. You must have missed one or two. I've missed a couple, yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything. I don't remember what happened five minutes ago, let alone what happened That's a good point, yeah. Ago. I'm Louis, by the way. Um, <laughs> on the, uh, Nath, uh, how, how, how do you rate your memory? You won the Christmas, the, the Christmas quiz against Lewis, didn't you? Oh, that was on a tiebreak, if I remember rightly. Mate, I still smashed it though. <laughs> still smashed it. Yeah. Yeah, you win, you win it though, didn't you? And he just had sixteen pints of Fosters as well. <laughs> <that one. laughs> once again, uh, once again, <laughs> actually, just remembering, I haven't, I haven't actually set a tiebreak question for this one either, as, as I hadn't at Christmas. So try not to do that. Mark, how, how do you rate your Charlton knowledge? Are you, are you a, a bit of a, a geek like I am? I've missed three home games this season. Yeah, for various reasons. So haven't. I think I've been away this year. But no, I mean, it depends how far you go back. It was just this season, yeah. or whether you've gone back. Sort of it's like. only this season. But are you the sort of man who listens to Charlton Live of an evening and take notes, for example? I don't listen to you on a Thursday, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> oh, 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 fuming. Uh, Tom, fancy yourself in this? Nah. 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 I've, seen, I've seen a lot of football I just don't remember it's going to be questions about goal scorers and I don't remember have you got any questions on the 1947 cup final because I've got to tell my team so it should be alright <laughs> 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 have you listened to first show by the way uh, yeah. I will do <laughs> anyway uh, I, well I did have it down as a podcast but it's going in a bin <laughs> right excellent okay, can I just so give a stat before we start just to prove I do know just to prove I do know stuff because this will be the last opportunity I have to prove I know stuff is that that win today was our third on the bounce right yeah so your stat we haven't done that since February 2015 oh alright well that's question four ruined I was hoping that would be the case I would have no idea right 10 or something if uh, obviously, you want to know what the the uh, buzzers are for if it's uh, if if you get the answer. I, I don't think you win any prizes for guessing this one. But if you get the answer correct, <laughs> are you can't you guys can't hear that? Oh no! no. no. Uh, okay, no, you won't be hear that. That's basically Andrew Cross going. Who's this up? Yeah. Well, mine and tails or no? No, that's if, if you get it correct, you're oh, right. away. I won't be away. Away. Yeah. And then is it, is it moron? <laughs> if you get it wrong, you moron. That's how it's going to go Right so now we need to decide which team's going to go first So Terry heads or tails 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 Oh no Right so Do you want to go first or second Tails We'll go first come Yeah on. come on we'll live yeah. the dream well, I've actually recycled some of these questions from Christmas because I was being lazy. Oh, you'll be all right, then. Yes, right. Well, d- hang on. Don't <laughs> put the pressure on, Tell. Right, Terry and Nathan, what was our first win this season? Ay-ya-woo-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> that was... Uh, it's not so easy uh, once you have some Fosters. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get passed across if I don't get it? Uh, you can do it, but there's no, no points in it there. Northampton in the draw. Lost the Shrewsbury. first one. Yes. Shrewsbury yeah. at home. Is that your final answer? Yeah. yeah. Boom! That's there annoying. you go. So that's, one else. that's one else. We've yeah. actually got that. I love <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. So, so that's one we do. Right. Okay, hands over to uh, to Mark and Tom. Uh, right, the question for you is, what was our first away win of the season? No looking at fire. Yeah, yeah. Game off! <laughs> oh, he's got competitive, Nathan, hasn't he? <laughs> Yeah. What are we going for? Yeah, it was. Warsaw. Yeah. Well played. Correct, well right, played. so that makes it one off. Put a few easy questions at, at the start to. <laughs> that was easy. So thanks, mate. That was easy. That took us 10 minutes. <laughs> so, you guys, so you guys don't embarrass yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. 
Uh, right, uh, back to Terry and Nathan. Terry and Nathan, uh, play along at home, by the way, if you want. There's pointless tweeting in, because uh, you're not playing. Well, you can but... tweet us in just before we give the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Terry and Nathan, who scored our first goal of this season? Oh, that was... Um, uh, Jack, uh, who was our first game? Was it Northampton? Barry away was the first uh, game. Yeah, so it was Northampton. Jack O'Reilly, wasn't it? Oh, Jack What? Jack O'Reilly, Northampton. Two one, two one. Excellent stuff. Right, so we move back over to uh, to Tom and Mark. Uh, who scored our first goal of two thousand and seventeen? Yeah, I know this one. So that was Bristol, wasn't it? So McGinnis yeah. got a hat trick. Did he yeah. score the first one? And who got the fourth? Who got the fourth? McGinnis. <laughs> yeah, let's go with it. McGinnis. Good. Excellent stuff. Yeah, he got his hat trick that day. We also scored our first goal. We had been one 0 down in that game against uh, Bristol Rovers. Right. How Sorry. many are there? Uh, t- Eighty. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's ten, ten for each team. Who knocked us out of the oh, League go. Cup this season? Oh, hang on. <laughs> is that was that the one nil? Am I thinking at the beginning of the C? Is that League Cup? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Mm. Cheltenham away, one yeah. nil. Yep. Hey. Oh, man, yeah, you you oh. yeah, no, it was Cheltenham. Uh, a game I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, so who knocked us out, you two? Who uh, who knocked us out of the FA Cup this season? Yeah, Milton Keynes. Yeah, all right, so the, uh, after the easy question, <laughs> two apiece. Uh, sorry, three apiece after that. Yeah, uh, also, even though I've made a. Oh, you got a special there, Lily. <laughs> It's got, con- <laughs> got conditional formatting on and everything. This some, yeah. right? Now we're playing hardball. How many goals did we score in the FA Cup this season, oh. Terry and Nathan? Just help. I'll go to the toilet. <laughs> well, well we didn't last long, did we? Right, so second. So we. Right, hang on. We came in. What is it? First or second round? So we have first round. We came in the early early rounds. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't. Cut, did we start first round? Yeah, we must have done. So. How did we have? Right, M- we lost MK. We've got replay. I'm saying this out loud, even though it's... Can they steal this? They can, uh, can't Apparently they? not. Oh, well, if you say it out loud, they can, yeah. Oh, okay, well, we've, we've got to do mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they can't steal it. So how many goals have we scored in the FA Cup this season? What was the MK done's uh, draw result? Was it no goals or what? No, what? Right. M- MK, is that the game we done? Yeah, that's the game me and Tom done. Chico, Chico scored, so yeah. it was either one, one... We lost 3-1, right, so that was one. And then we lost at home to MK. Did we beat Scunthorpe in the FA Cup? Yeah, so it was two, so that's three. Adam Oda, three. Should we say four or five? The first four. round, four. four. We'll go four. You got it correct. Congratulations. Right, to Mark and to Tom, we only scored one goal in a Checker Trade trophy game this season. Who scored it? Oh, hang on. That's right. We scored some penalties against someone, but that don't count in the penalty shootout. But so one goal in the checker trade trophy. We can't steal it. Oh, scored, so Southampton what was on nil nil on it, and they went to penalties. Yeah. And then Crawley, I think we scored. Was it? Who plays for us? <laughs> Who plays for us? Because Lookman scored. Well, there's conferring in the mm-hmm. studio. We can't, oh, st- we can't steal it anyway, can we? No. Uh, no, because we didn't own it. Yeah. Uh, put that program away. Novak. Novak.
fucking moron. You're wrong, I'm afraid. Uh, Terry, do you know what it was? It was, it was away at the Colchester, wasn't it? Yep. Um, oh, I'm trying to that. think, it was a consolation goal at the end. No, it was a made it one all. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah well, right, yeah, okay. Scott Wagstaff. Yeah, but it was a pointless goal, <laughs> pointless goal at the end, I should say. <laughs> I can't remember uh, that. I guess you could describe all our goals this well, season. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I was, and uh, it couldn't have been, um, <sighs> let's, let's just Crofty, was it Crofty? No, I don't think no, it was. No, it wasn't. Tom, I'm guessing that one. It was, it was Nicholas Ajose away at. Who? Oh, of course, he came yeah, off and Then he came, came off yes. and then sat, sat with Terry. Right. The next question is an audio question. This goes to Terry and to Nathan. Uh, I want you to tell me after what game did we hear these quotes? What are your feelings after that one? Sick. Absolutely sick. But of course, the fans will think that's my fault. As they were quite vocal in making that point. Yeah. Terry? Paul Verloway. Paul Verloway. I don't think I'll ever forget that. <laughs> Considering what happened to me earlier on in the season, when uh, when uh, Chelsea you look visibly scared. Yeah, when it, oh, I was quite comfortable when he came up. He's probably going to be. <laughs> but that was Tom's funniest moment of the yeah. season, though, <laughs> saying that though, on Thursday show. That's right, his so funniest all, moment. Just, just dangle a microphone. If <laughs> uh, Russell, how do you feel after that? I feel absolutely <laughs> sick. And if you ask me another question, I'm going to murder you. That's when we banned him first off. One day, one, one day, I'll tell everybody the players' reactions when they got sent out on the pitch in a flip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a freezing cold and pouring rain. That was very, some, very funny. some quality comments coming up. <laughs> uh, right, um, a similar question to us, also an audio question. Uh, I want you two, Tom and Mark, to tell me after which game we heard these quotes. Some things happened before the game that I've never seen. Some, some people... Certain things happen at this football club that I've never seen. And I don't know whether... They come into work every day. I thank their lucky stars that they're in this football club. I'd say 40% of the squad don't care enough. So there we go. I heard Carl Robinson speaking to us after a yeah, certain game, and I want you two to tell me which game you believe that was. So I, what ones did I? I did. We weren't Rochdale. I was there. Who else did we play? 40% of the squad didn't care enough. Oh, it's quite specific, actually, when you think about it. Little <laughs> place, New Wales. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrewsbury. Yeah. 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 That's there we go. I thought I didn't think you were going to get there after. after I thought you were going to say Rochdale then. Nah, I, was, nah, I knew nah, Shrewsbury. Nah, it was around. When you Google yeah. Shrewsbury, it will say now small place near Wales. So <laughs> 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 <Source> Tom Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on there tonight. <laughs> Wikipedia. <here>. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're back on to the, the scores currently. By the way, are we have uh, Tom and Mark have four, uh, and without putting a foot wrong so far, Terry and Nathan have five. So you're winning so far. You're Pretty. you're you're doing what's called a Louis Mendes in 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 the quiz world. Well, start well and then just falter. Cheating. Question number six to Terry and to Nath. How many points did Kevin Nugent earn during his temporary reign in charge of them addicts? Yeah. That's too Seven. easy. No, that's too easy, that one. <laughs> there we go. All right, that was, that that was, was too easy. halfway as well, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so this one now I feel bad now because this yeah, one's probably a bit harder name every player who started the game versus what's Joe Rebo's date of birth <laughs> uh, how many games in all competitions did it take Carl to win a game well Mountain Games was a first round mm. and he came in no November so six seven 
Or did, no, because we was Milton Keynes his first win? Was first win. And when was that? The Boxing Day. Okay. Six. Okay. Yeah, six. Hey. Oh. Correct, it's got six. There you go. Well, I'm not certain. I, I should have read it down actually, but from the top of my head, I don't think Milton Keynes was his first win. Did you not? No, although I'm going to have to check that now. So. Bristol Rovers. Oh, the other day we were talking Bristol Rovers. No, Bristol, Bristol, Rovers, Bristol, Rovers, Rovers. Bristol Rovers, Bristol Rovers, he wasn't in charge of, but yeah, it certainly took him New six New Year's Day, though. New Year's no, Day one, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, alright, well, wherever it was, I counted it, it was six games, so you're correct, so maybe I'm, I've got myself wrong there. I've, I've failed at my own quiz. Uh, right, we're back <laughs> on to, <laughs> we're back onto the, uh, onto the audio questions. Now, this, uh, these questions are goals that have been taken from the CFC, uh, player HD commentary, so it should be easy for Terry. Uh, but the, the names have been blanked out, so I want you to tell me who scored the goal. Uh, and against whom? Uh, so you need, you need both to, to, to get the point. So let us know who scored this goal and who it was against. Declan Rudd's goal kick looks for McGuinness. Tony Watts also there. And he's actually left it. McGuinness flicks around the corner for... <laughs> Closing on a goal. <laughs> Off the post. <laughs> Can we have it again? And he scores for Charlton. <laughs> equalises for the Addicts. And the second time of asking... Uh, don't take this a thing. I thought it was Patarco against Rochdale off the post. Yeah, Flip. yeah that's, that's right. Patarco Rochdale. Yeah. Tom's hitting the table because he's... Yeah. That's correct. It's that's a bonkers, isn't it? It's another, another correct answer. Yeah, right, okay. So it's a very similar oh, question yeah. for you guys on the other side of the table. I want you to let me know who scored this goal and who it was against. To Clough. Clough inside of Solly. Fine spearing. Close down by okay. Chickson and it comes left comes right to Wheat across an opportunity and Solly manages to get there first now Charlton will look to break for Sikaski who's nutmegged Thorpe and can bring it forward for Charlton Wheaters coming back but Sikaski still has it has options left and right finds on the right side it's one Charlton converts after a great run from Jake for Yeah, it's too late Nathan Byrne Bolton yeah <laughs> correct excellent stuff right I thought I made that slightly too difficult <laughs> there we go as soon as you were spearing yeah right, yeah, excellent stuff so we're now um, so, I mean we've, we've played seven each and oh, yeah. Yeah, still yet to put a foot wrong Mr. Mr. Smith and Mr. Muller so you have seven uh, Mark and Tom have just six. You're you're failing at this task. You're you're pulling a Roland, as it's known. He should be selected. People chucking beats. Right now, oh, I think I've given. I think I've given uh, the. Well, I'm going to switch these questions over. Oh, we're oh, oh, hang on. I won the top. This is biased. <laughs> right. So the first question is going to go to Terry. And to Nathan, our lowest league away attendance this season was 2,842. Who was it against? Two, hang on, 2,840, that's the whole ground? Or just yeah, the whole ground. League away attendance. League, league away, away yeah. attendance, right. So I, mean, I haven't counted any cup games. Right, so you're looking at, it's going to be a Tuesday. So who have we played far away on a Tuesday? Fleetwood was a Saturday. Who have we played really far away on a Tuesday? An Oldham? It could have been Oldham. There was a very low crowd at Oldham. And it looked like there was more. Port Vale was more than that. I'm sure of it. That was a midweek away. So You're going to know more than this than me. So if I had to punch, I'd have to punch at Oldham. But if you think, I'm trying to think of a midweek away. Fleet, Fleetwood was Fleetwood, Saturday. There was more. That was a Saturday, Fleetwood. and it was early in the season. Definitely more than uh, at Fleetwood. So Oldham's a good shout. Um, 
I'm trying to think elsewhere. Um, Lowest league Shrewsbury season. Chesterfield recently. Chesterfield that was on a Saturday. Saturday, but it's still quite low. Chesterfield Saturday. Shrewsbury was on a Tuesday. Shrewsbury was later on. It's good. I think it's a toss up between Shrews and Oldham. I'm going to go with Oldham because yeah, it was a very poor Yeah, well, we'll go Oldham away. Oldham away? Yeah. Moron! Ah! No, oh. your your theory was bang wrong because it was actually a Saturday and I was shocked oh, when, really? I, when I looked through the uh, the programme yesterday when I was writing this quiz. It was Rochdale. Ah. Rochdale. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It's the blind, bonkers game, didn't they? Yeah. And I thought it might have been a misprint in the programme, so I actually checked. But yeah, they had a, re- they had a really low attendance. And that's spur. when they put on the coaches as well, so they still yeah. couldn't swing it far. Yeah. So there you go. So <laughs> chance for chance for Tom and for Mark to level things oh, up. It, I want to know what the highest attendance at an away game was this season. Well, it was twenty three thousand three hundred eight. Who was that against? Highest twenty three thousand three hundred eight. Must be. Yeah, it must be Sheffield United. Yay. Correct. So there you go. Here we go. So we've. I'm, like, I'm happy about that. Tell that was a fix. That one. <laughs> in our defence, we were out by a hundred yeah. between yeah. Oldham and. That Rock, means so. you're wrong. Times a hundred. <laughs> That's that's a lot. That's a lot of wrong. <laughs> we, we would have got that second oh, question. Tell that's what I'm saying, mate. It's uh, too easy. <laughs> uh, okay, fuming, sick, uh, right, <laughs> absolutely sick. <laughs> ah, help. <laughs> uh, to uh, Terry and to Nathan, which lone player has made the most appearances this season? Ooh, no, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, go on. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. In the middle, can't be stared. Yeah, no. Declan yeah. Rudd. Yeah. yeah. Correct. I was hoping that you'd forget about him. (laughs) 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 All right. So uh, for Mark and for Tom, uh, which player has made the most appearances this season? Should get this. No, no, no. Okay. Is it only thirty-five appearances? Yeah, because it's. I just said Croft. Oh no, thirty-five appearances for Tom. Yeah, I think. What you I think Crofts. Okay. We going for Crofts. Oh. He loves to answer his own questions. Andrew Crofts there. Yeah. I, don't yeah. Want to yeah. I thought you were going to yourself out. I was going to say Rod. I, I just didn't want Rod to say Rod his name. He <laughs> was. He was the uh, the player who made. He was ever present up until only about a month ago, yeah. wasn't he? When he when he was. Uh, his so he got his new then. contract, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. So we're going into uh, question number ten, and it, the scores are eight all. So do you remember when I said try not to go to a tie break because I'm written one. What if you get one of these wrong? We got that, we got that uh, away question deliberately wrong for this, didn't we? <laughs> no, yeah, we've tried to be fair, haven't we? Right. We missed a penalty in the checker trade game against Crawley. Who yeah. missed it? Foley. Foley crossbar. It was Foley, wasn't it? You're thinking of the game against Southampton. Oh, you... Wasn't it Novak? It was Lee Novak, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh so the, the door's been left wide open here for Tom and for Mark to He's seal it. inconsolable, my German friend. <laughs> Right, so here we go. Chance, chance to win it here. <laughs> who, oh my God. who was sent off in the away game at Oxford? Oh, behave yourself, <laughs> Harry Lennon. Behave yourself, ref. Yeah, it's this despicable ref. Lennon. There we go. We have a winner. Come on, come from behind. <laughs> But Tom oh, and Mark have won the Chelton Live end of season quiz Never by nine goals to eight. <laughs> uh, you get an honorary way uh, each. You can have, have one more for the road. Here you go. Hey. <laughs> uh, let's have a quick break and we'll be back for the last few uh, few moments of Chelton Live for this season. Some people think I'm bonkers, but I just think I'm free. It's been a delivery towards 
Six shot for Bauer, the free header will be tapped home again by Texera. It's 3 0. Again, it's a corner comes in from Jake Forsakowski at the back post. Bauer heads down, and Texera gets the second of the game. Absolutely bonkers here. Bonkers. Charlton Live. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Bring on to Shera. Uh, Novak coming on was obvious. Um, Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Putting him left back did. Mm. Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Janet Jackson coming on. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Shelton Live. There you go, just rubbing salt into the wounds there, Terry. He's just lost a quiz and now reminded that he once he once called legendary Charlton skipper Johnny Jackson, Janet Jackson, inexcusably. Uh, right, we're we're coming towards the end of the show because I've got an end of season compilation to play out for you guys. But I guess I mean, just be, just before we we, we sign off for uh, for the season, I mean, end of the season, you look towards the summer. How how do you see this summer going? Do you see a takeover happening? Do you see a no takeover, but the right sort of players coming in do you see Carl Robinson still being here next season there's so many questions I'll start with you Tom you know you look into your crystal ball what's what's going on in the summer I've, I think the most likely is that middle one I think I don't think there'll be a takeover I don't know why I just don't don't see it happening just yet I do think Carl's going to be given more reign to sign players than other managers have um, I would love a takeover uh, in an ideal world I'd then want a, a different manager as well um, but I think I think the, the owners will still be here. I think Carl will get some of his signings in. It will be how many of them he gets in and how early he gets them done because we've said over and over again that the earlier the better and if they can have a full pre-season with a decent-sized squad, we've got a chance. If he can get one or two in like we did last year and that's it and they come in late, then I don't see next season being any different to this. Um, but yeah, I think that, that's the way I see it going. Mark, what do you what do you see happening this summer? What do you hope to happen this summer? Well, it's difficult with the players who are going to be coming back from their different loans, and obviously we let the loans go back. You know, is he going to start next season being told you have to have Mister Sar? You know, Mister <laughs> Cashy is going to be fit by then if we manage to get Tex off the bill. So under this regime, you know, we could be manager next week. It's it's. Valid. I mean, I've been calling for that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> So, but you've been gone the week after. So, 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 you know, no one actually knows. I think we'd all dream, you know, for it to happen and sooner rather than later. Like you said earlier, I mean, the calls were for us is stability, mm. you know, and we've just missed that for a couple of years. So in the summer, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he, if he doesn't go in the next couple of days, what his plans are. Because he, he strikes me as the kind of guy who wants to get his stuff done early. Mm. So, mm. you know, it's, it's always a fingers crossed and try and look positive. Always, yeah, I always try and be, be positive, don't you, Naif? How, how do you see it going? Um, I was, I was, to be honest, I was in the same camp as Tom. I thought, you know, it'd be the same thing, we'd plod along. And, but after what I heard tonight, I, I'm starting to doubt whether it is going to be Cole here next year. Um, or if it is, it's going to be a sort of a last minute dot com and, and him getting some sort of free reign sort of thing. So. It's the same old, you know, just watch this space. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think any, what we've learnt in the last recent years, you can't predict anything here, can you? So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't do anything. 
I don't know. Dream, dream scenario. New owners, new vision, new way forward. Um, and if that involves a new manager, then I'll take that. Uh, if it involves Carl Robinson, I'll probably actually take it as yeah. well. Um, but that's the dream scenario. The nightmare scenario is that, um, as you say, we uh, maybe he knows uh, after his comments this evening that uh, he's not going to get the the budget he thought he was going to get. We're going to get two or three players in, try and um, faff our way with a few loan players at the beginning of the season. Um, they'll get injured. Um, the two players he bought will get injured. We won't win the first six games. He'll get sacked. And Lee Bowyer will be in charge with Johnny Jackson <laughs> as a coach for the next uh, seven games and we won't go pick up a point. It, and, and we're back to square one. That's uh, the, the nightmare scenario which we've already had for two years. Yeah. Okay. I just had a DM from Kevin as well. He's asked me what my view as well. Uh, not that I'm ever. Uh, backward and coming forward in sharing anyway but my view is and I said this earlier on on, on, the sh- on our show as well on, on Radio London and so I'm ha- quite happy to repeat it here there is absolutely no way forward for this club underneath uh, Roland's ownership uh, and it's so de- so so desperate that the, the club gets sold in the summer it has to happen there's, not, there's, there's no good reason for anyone for this club to still be in the hands of Roland de Chatelet when by the time the next season starts he's losing money hand over foot sure there's some good stuff going on down at the training ground that's not good enough. The, the fans here, they do not want to see a club that's owned by Roland Chatelet or being managed day-to-day by Catherine Mary. That's the reason the, the, uh, the gates are so low. That's why under, this, under those two people, we are never going to go forward. And there's this no, absolutely no reason whatsoever for those two people still, to still be here at the start of the next season. I beg to you, please just go. Please just go. Right, um, it's time to come to the end of the, the, the show, the end of the season. Uh, here on Charlton Live, it's been another roller coaster it's of emotions. Uh, certainly, it's um, Tom and Nathan, uh, and to Terry, you guys have been coming in all season. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk about Charlton with you guys. Likewise, Louis. Thanks Same. a lot. Yeah. Cheers, mate. And thanks everybody for listening and the contributions. Mm. It's, yeah. uh, it's been I mean, emotional. It's, well, it's what yeah. keeps it's what keeps us going. Doesn't it, mm. Basically, yeah. Mark. Um, special thanks to you because uh, without the, you, I only eat once a year, and that's when you come in at the end of the season. <laughs> we basically uh, only get fed once. a Yeah, year, and and, we're, and and also for you, for listening and for your emails throughout the season as well. So thank you very much for coming in. You're more than welcome. Yeah, excellent stuff, um, guys. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. Uh, and uh, all our coverage throughout the season. We're going to leave you now with a uh, compilation of our favourite bits. There's some funny bits, there's some sad bits in here, mainly, <laughs> mainly shouting at me. Oh, is that in there? Oh, yeah. High quality. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, it, it's, it's been another absolutely crazy ride here in SE7. Uh, and uh, let, let's listen back to it. It's about 15 minutes long, this, but I think th- there's stuff in this. When I, was, when I was putting this together, I forgot happened this season. So uh, buckle up and listen to an- another crazy roller coaster here in SE7 throughout the season. Thank you for listening for Charlton Live over the years. Uh, over the end. We'll be back uh, we- whenever the, ne- the-, the next season starts. <laughs> At some point, we'll be back. <laughs> We're all knackered. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you later. Uh, I'm very pleased to introduce you Russell Slade, uh, the new Charlton Athletic manager. I'm delighted to be here. It's a fantastic football club with a, a great tradition. The depth of the squad is that something you have to with or you think you get in? Oh, there? no, no, no. We're absolutely we're, we're miles away. I'd like to think between now and the start of the season, um, we can get another five or six additions. Towards the back post, but Pope gets ahead on it and it's cleared off the line, I think. No, it's a goal. It went on, 2 0 Burry, an opening day defeat for the Addicts. 
uh, Roger Johnson was alleged to have um, to have given a little bit back to, to the travelling support. The fans gave their opinion of the game, which you know everyone's more than entitled to do. And as a professional, you should be a bit more professional. I know I use that word twice, but <laughs> you should be a bit more, you know, professional. We have to change and wait and be patient, like we waited and we were patient for for Rudd, like we waited and we were patient for Jason Pierce. Did you see that? You see how patient we were? Yeah, and, yeah. and you still feel confident you'll get you'll get the squad yeah, there. I feel very confident, yeah. And finally, despite your pessimism, they got that deep. They all needed snorkels. Tuesday night's three 0 win over Shrewsbury Town here at the Vat. Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? Still haven't decided. McGuinness will jump, gets ahead, and so does a Jose, and there's the goal. A Jose's across, gets the ball in there, and a Jose scores. Take his man on edge of the penalty, takes a shot, deflects it, and there's the equaliser, Adam Lookman. He's capable of doing that. There's, there's, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, I'll be, I'll be happy, I think, when the window shuts, <laughs> and maybe he'll settle down a little bit for us. Fuller swings the ball into the box towards Elliot. He gets his head there. And scores Barnett, sorry. It was Barnett who got on the end of it. The other tall centre forward who's come on and Wimbledon have the lead in the dying minutes. Talk about the uh, Thomas Dryson situation in the Voice of the Valley yesterday. The young man who quite literally, I've been told, uh, did his scouting in his bedroom in his underpants on his laptop. Whereas some of us were probably thinking that Thomas Dryson was a thing of the distant past. Uh, he, this season, this season, he tried to overrule the signing of Andrew Crofts, and uh, as as per Bob's uh, tweet earlier, uh, I believe that caused a bit of a row between Slade and Katrine. The whole Moneyball like idea has been around for a while, hasn't it? About creating a style of play and finding players that fit that style and all of that. But th this is it, it's got that, but like a terrible version of it. Joined outside Tesco by Catherine here. Catherine, what was comfort like to live in as a place? Gets us underway here at the Valley. And uh, the ball goes back to Morgan Fox in the left-back slot. As uh, a multitude of flying pigs descend upon the Valley. Russell, late equaliser for Fort Bell today. What are you feeling after that one? Sick. Absolutely sick. But of course the fans will think that's my fault. Because we were quite vocal in making that point. My, my fault that we missed... Maybe six, seven opportunities. My fault that I give the penalty away. To strike this right-footed, he does, and there yes! is the goal! Down the bottom left-hand corner, and Charlton have played a get-out-of-jail free card here, you've got to say, as Nicky Jose pulls Charlton back level. Ran straight to Russell Slade, it must be said. With a header! It's a goal! What oh, a goal! Lee Novak with a superb glancing header! Half and uh, last ditch attempt by Bowie. Ball gets out and slammed into the box by Goddard. Charlton succumbed here at the county ground in Swindon. Not just to a 3 0 defeat, but in all areas pretty much of the park. It was a poor performance today, Lou. Get game, game 16. Um, we probably put in. Collectively, our worst performance of the season. 
Bolton have sacked their manager, Russell Slade, after just 16 matches in charge. He was appointed on a three-year deal in June. But with the Addicts currently 15th in League One, the club says it's reluctantly made the decision to part company with him. It's called Taxi for Roland, and it's something quite novel. Uh, we've actually got a standard London taxi, typical black cab, completely decked out in protest livery. They'd obviously radioed ahead, phoned uh, the Century Dan Stadium and told them that we were basically on our way to them, so to be prepared. And they were. And once it was, uh, was um, confirmed that it was Roland, uh, yeah, we got everyone, uh, well, as many as we could, back to the stadium um, as quickly as possible. And Roland de Châtelet has texted this. These protests have nothing to do with reason. Therefore, whatever we do or say, the core actors within that group will always criticise. But we're looking at space on his left-hand side, takes a shot, it's taken a deflection, I think, and got into the right-hand corner of the net. McGuinness checks and gets there, lovely touch, and McGuinness buries it in the six-yard box. Into the penalty area, comes Deese across, bow with a header, oh, straight at the keeper, no, it's gone in. And checks him with the right foot shot, takes a deflection, and he's found the back of the net. Edge of the penalty area, Jose thinks about the shot, takes a shot, oh, and he's found the bottom right-hand corner. And in the 84th minute, gives Charlton a 5-0 lead. The start of an exciting new era here at the Valley again. Today we have announced that we have a brand new manager. Carl Robinson, the former MK Dons manager, 36 years old, has signed a two and a half year contract to uh, manage the Addicts for six months. It's, uh, no, it's not quite settled in the Addicts, but I'm looking forward to it still. I'm still, I'm still I'm like a little kid, yeah. I'm dead excited. Could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. The producer of the Getting to Know the Network podcast, Jimmy Stone. We wanted to put out a, a, a balanced piece of journalism, really, um, about what's happened at Charlton. We, we knew the emails existed. I don't do mine, I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his missus, he does it. <laughs> Christmas is a time for tradition, of traditional capitulation at Millwall. We were beaten at the Den last night, 3-1, now 21 years since we've won uh, at the Den, 20 years still since we've beaten Millwall. Adam Lookman's uh, confirmed he's moved to Everton. Kevin Foley has been released. His, uh, his five-month contract has come to an end. It has not been... Uh, really. Jake Forster Kasky has come in from Brighton, uh, so that's a, a big plan. We've also had Jake Silver sign on loan from Chelsea. Goal with a straw uh, against Millwall. Win this run against them extends to forever. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron! Ah! <laughs> Help! We want to demonstrate that there are female Tottenham fans who are among the protesters um, and who have reached the end of the end of the road with this regime. But Forster Kasky still has it, has options left and right, finds Nathan Byrne on the right side, Nathan Byrne! No, he's here one, Charlton! And that's the final whistle, Charlton, quite incredibly, down to ten men, a goal down, have turned it round. Um, and then we get onto the negative, I'm really, really angry, frustrated. Um... Certain football clubs can't conduct themselves correctly, in my view. Um, 
every single person at the football club, everybody has tried to get make two deals happen. Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me, putting him left back did. Mm. Well, the Wimbledon fans not happy with the referee. Carl Robinson's coming off and he's been uh, approached by somebody now. The groundsman's had a go, I think. He knows what he said, and uh, listen, we, we, we get to stick it to part and parcel of the game. But when an employee of, of them have to say what they have to say, shows the class of the person, shows you the class of the human being. Then he walked away. Now at the free end, it'll be tapped home again by Texera! It's free, oh! Absolutely bonkers here. Some people think I'm bonkers. Low at the edge of the six-yard box has buried it. And Charlton are 1-0 down. Awful defending. It run to Ricky Holmes, who bags number three for Charlton. And his own hat-trick. And Charlton, despite scoring three goals, have gone down 4-3 here at uh, Greenhouse Meadow. That's a 40% of the squad. Don't care enough. A few weeks ago, we were looking above us and thinking, can we sneak into that six? Now you're asking me about, do we need to be worried of what's below us? Right, clockwork, off we go on the way to Belgium. Basically, what he said, I don't, he doesn't care if you win games, and if he doesn't care if you win games, nothing can ever be right. Whistle blows, Tony Watt steps forward, and yeah! throws it into the right-hand corner! Yeah! Charlton take the lead! Bang on full-time! Make over room is still abounding around this season. <laughs> This is the first thing I, I made a phone call the other day and said about asking is the club for sale. I wanted to know because I want to build the club. Um, I was told it's not for sale. Team lost 2-0, they're four points above the drop zone, the manager's under real pressure, the fans booed one of his substitutions, and then a member of the Charlton contingent in the director's box appeared to goad the unhappy fans and then made it even worse with some ill-advised messages on social media today. I'm telling you, Charlton Athletic are the best soap opera going at the moment. Tonight is about addicts far and wide uniting to pay tribute to a fellow fan who showed much more than dedication to his chosen profession. Tonight we honour Keith Palmer for being an addict, for being a son, a husband, a father and a brother. But mostly we will honour him for being the difference. Being someone prepared to do whatever it takes to keep us safe. Thank you Keith Palmer as tonight we stand together for you. Mike Flanagan, today the, uh, the Trump went up beats Walker. How, how special an occasion has it been? Well it's been a great day. Uh, the weather's been good. Um, we all took off from the training ground this morning and uh, we've all met up here and uh, it's, it's been really good uh, to raise money for the upbeats. And chips the ball back in the box. McGuinness is there as he's over there. And it's in! The has buried the header! And there's the final whistle! A final three points for Charlton! In a battle to stay in this league! A lot of police away to our right hand side, they're certainly expecting. Here come the pigs! Mostly in the country. We are 
turned away. Yeah. Rico Arena, ball towards McGuinness, but headed clear as more pigs arrive on the pitch. The referee's going to have to blow this and, uh, and halt proceedings again in that corner. Holmes flicks it oh, around. Oh, what a finish! Oh, oh. What a lovely goal! And that seals Ricky Holmes' season. Lovely build-up play on his left-hand side to Silver into Burn. Burn first time to Holmes. Holmes first time just creeps the ball past Henry. John at the third. And everybody pretty much on their feet applauding the skipper. And I'm going to do the same. Can't wait to get your teeth stuck into this summer. What your business you got planned? Oh, let's just listen. Let's just see what happens now. Um, it's let's just let's just get over today and we'll see what we where we go from Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.